It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to the Franchise Academy Podcast. My name is Tom Scarda, and we have another great episode today. So if this is your first time listening, I am a franchise consultant. And uh, for the past 14 years, I've been matching people with franchise opportunities based on skills, personality, goals, kind of like the e-harmony of business uh, is what I like to call it. And so I work with folks all over the country and Canada who are mm, frustrated with their career and they cringe at the thought of going to work in the morning. Uh, Other people I work with are laid off and they just don't want to go back to that corporate rat race. In addition, I work with people that just want to diversify their investments and get into a really solid business that's low cost and uh, high margin, limited staff, and Amazon resistant, (laughs) which is important these days. So check me out on the uh, franchiseacademy.com. Everything you need to know about buying a franchise, selling a franchise, turning your business into a franchise. Uh, We have all the resources for you. So uh, today, I'm excited to bring on somebody who started a franchise just recently with some friends of his, and we're going to talk about all that relationship, but it's a company called The Warrior Factory. And so if you could, in your mind's eye, picture kind of the Ninja Warrior TV show, that kind of thing. So Bernard really is an interesting guy. He runs a daily operation of Burnbaum Companies, and it's two subsidiaries, which is Burnbaum Real Estate and The Warrior Factory. He has been in the commercial real estate development industry for over a decade and is uh, the 2016 co-founder of the Warrior Factory, which is really an indoor obstacle park geared towards children and adults. So Bernard is the vice chair for uh, the Strong National Museum of Play, a certified property manager, 2016 40 Under 40 recipient, which is really cool and an awardee of the 2019 Rising Star for Excellence in Construction and Real Estate. So, Bernard, uh, welcome to the Franchise Academy. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me today. Appreciate uh, it. This is great. It was, it was so cool meeting you down at the uh, Franchise Springboard in Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago. That yeah, that was, was an awesome event. Right? Really it's, cool. it's probably my favorite one in all of franchising, and it's really geared towards people like you that are starting a new franchise. So, so this is great. We, we, How did you get into this warrior factory thing? How did this start? Yeah, yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. So I, I call myself a couch ninja, right? So I'm sitting there on the couch with my wife saying, oh, I can do that. I can do that. I feel like, like we all do. And she's like, well, then go ahead and do it. And at the time, there was no ninja gyms where I live. So I was actually driving about an hour or so to go train like once or twice a week. Huh. I said, I can't keep doing this. This is crazy. I see that there is some type of industry emerging here. I reached out to uh, my, who is my business partner now, Carl Fantuzzo. He, he, I saw that he was on the t- television show. He was from the same city. I reached out to him through Facebook. He ghosted me. I reached out to him again, didn't get a response. And then uh, we ended up meeting each other like at a local competition. I introduced myself, said, hey, you know, I'd love to do like a ninja gym eventually here, blah, 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 blah. He said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of blew me off. And then a year later, we ran into each other again in another ninja competition. At that point, he was finally ready to kind of pull the trigger. And that was back in 2016. We spent about a year or so, you know, traveling around the country, looking at other ninja gyms, other facilities, seeing what they're doing and what we could do like a little bit better. And then uh, ended up launching the brand in 2017, hit the ground running, 
then ended up franchising in 2018. And now in 2019, you know, we sold our first franchise uh, earlier this year. They're set to open next month. And uh, now we're actively selling, you know, throughout the country and in Canada. That is amazing. And so this is an obstacle course. Was I right? Is it sort of like, you know, if you don't know what an obstacle course is, can you imagine the TV show? Is that a correct statement? Yeah, totally. So what you'll see like on television, American Ninja Warrior, we take those obstacles and replicate them in a safe, fun environment in an indoor facility. We're primarily geared towards kids. We do have adult as well. It's kind of more of, um, you know, kind of somewhere like a trampoline park, but an obstacle park. You'll come in, you'll play. We've got birthday parties. We actually developed a curriculum class as well, similar to martial arts, where kids will start as a white band. Once you can do certain obstacles, you'll test at the end of the class, progress to the next level, so on and so on. That's brilliant. I love that idea. But your background is in real estate. So how (laughs) how does real estate help you in this endeavor in franchising? Yeah. So it's actually been more helpful than I would think it would be initially because I'm a real estate developer and uh, investor. I kind of understood like where some of the trends were going and you touched on it, you know, at the very beginning of this, of those unamazonable concepts. And that's what retail is. Retail sucks. It just does. Like I I won't buy any more retail. I don't want to look at it because you know, it's just not working well, but concepts like ours where we're taking over some of this big box space that's gone vacant we're becoming these mini anchors for the centers. We're really de- destination focused. So a lot of our customers are coming now to these plazas and they're helping all the other co-tenancies there. So with my background, I was able to kind of identify that from the beginning when we started in 2016. Because uh, if you look at a lot of these other gyms around the country, they're usually like industrial settings. And we really wanted to be retail focused. I knew that retail was changing and becoming more service and entertainment oriented. So that way we were able to shift and find those type of locations that are available. And then it also helps throughout the negotiation process, not only for our, our corporate locations, but for our, our franchisee as well. You know, what's interesting. I was speaking with a gentleman by the name of Mark from the National Retail Federation just earlier this week. And uh, he did an article recently that was talking about how real estate actually is booming a little bit. It's, it's amazing. It's actually going to be up 3.4% they're saying. So yeah, real um, estate's been pretty good lately. You know, money's cheap. So like lending is the interest rates are really low. So a lot of developers are able to leverage their portfolio a little bit more and bring on some more assets, things like that. Yeah. And, and, and it makes a lot of sense. You know, you probably don't want to go rent a store and sell, you know, trinkets, you know, no. things that you could buy online. But a service business, whether it's an obstacle course or, uh, you know, like a massage concept where somebody has to be there kind of administering the service, haircutting, you know, that kind of stuff, it's, it's still rocking in, yeah. in commercial real estate. Yeah, all that type of stuff and experiential. You know, everybody wants experiences now. Yeah, it's all about the experience, right? That's, you read these articles about younger people and it's all about experience. So as a president and, and, the, and, you know, and the captain of your ship in your business, how do you effect, effectively keep everybody on task? What, what's your secret? You know, it's always a hard one, managing people and delegating. I think that's like one of the hardest things in life is delegating and trust people to complete the tasks that you're putting in front of them. So I do a lot of meetings with my staff. Um, with, you know, my, both of my businesses, I do weekly meetings not just for Warrior, for my real estate, and then for Warrior for each location. We set up weekly meetings 
with, you know, our corporate locations and our franchisees. So that way, you know, they give us a list of questions. We go through them. We're making sure everything's on task. We're assigning duties, you know, and then setting due dates as well. I think that's a big part, you know, not leaving things open-ended. Like, okay, yeah, 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 I'll get to that. No, no, here's a clear date. We need this completed by next Friday. That's so great. I think that really helps. Like, I'm, I'm really into um, scheduling and, like, task management. Yeah, and that, that, that's probably the biggest downfall of most people is, is time management. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, guilty <laughs> right one, here. The one thing I can't make more of. I can always make more money. I can't make more time, right? Right, right, right. And, and you know, and, and I like to share with people sometimes, in, in the right business, you can actually create time. And, and yeah. the way you do that is by having a business where you delegate and people are doing mm -hmm. the tasks. And if you get to the point where, you know, you're making enough money, you can actually hire people to do everything for you and then you're buying time. So instead of spending yeah. a Saturday morning, you know, doing errands around the neighborhood, dry cleaners and all that kind of stuff, somebody could do all that for you. Oh, so, yeah. and then you could take your time and, you know, go boating or whatever, play yeah. golf or, you know, whatever it is you're going to do. Or make new franchises. Uh, or, or build a franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a little bit of, I don't think it's spoken enough about in, mm -hmm. in, in franchising especially because uh, great franchise companies really help people build a business and scale it. Yeah. So you, in, in a lot of businesses, you can look at almost anything. Look at McDonald's. You don't need a McDonald's to start a hamburger business. You can start a hamburger business. Yeah. So typically franchises have, they, there might be a low barrier to entry, but there's a very high barrier to scalability. Yeah. And that's how, how we help people is, is really to scale. Yeah. That's, that's the, the hardest. And I think the scariest part, especially for us right now, cause you know, we're, we're a, a light executive team. So as we bring on more units, you know, we're both looking at each other. Okay. Like what are those first boxes that we need to check for like additional staffing to, to what you were just saying of delegating responsibilities and allowing us to go out there, sign more franchisees, open more locations. It's, um, it, but it's, it's tough because you got to trust people too, right? Yeah. And, and, and you, I think you just have to resign to the fact that you're going to go through people. Um, yeah, it's just a fact. And I, I don't care if it's, you know, a one unit franchise or if it's Apple or Microsoft employees are still the toughest thing mm -hmm. in any business period. People are, <laughs> it's people. people are tough. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's relationships. Everybody has their own kind of thing. Everybody's thinking their own through their own mindset with their own, you know, rose colored glasses or, or not <laughs> rose colored glasses. Right. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really interesting. So tell me a little bit more about your partner. Now, yeah. he, he actually was on the show? Yeah, yeah. So my, my business partner, uh, his name's Carl Fantuzo. He's actually been on the show six times now. So he's a six-time competitor, yeah. He, actually, he made it to the national finals one year, which uh, is a pretty, pretty cool feat to do. And um, he's a career entrepreneur. You know, he's had a few different businesses. I think right now he's got a craft beer store and like a liquor store as well. And he's had a few other businesses over the years. So he was like an awesome fit. You know, I, I didn't realize it at the very beginning, but because he has such experience in retail and customer service that he was really able to hammer that in for our locations, for our staff, and even for like our franchisees going forward of how important that is because he's been in customer service retail for over 20 years. And it's just not one of my fortes. So we balance each other out really well there. Uh, yeah. That, and that's a great partnership. And, yeah. you know, the, the yin and yang, you got to have both yeah. ends. You can never be both. 
Yeah. And and it's just natural. And the same thing like in a marriage, right? So it mm-hmm. sort of is like a marriage. Oh, it's it's definitely like a marriage. We, we joke that uh, the more time we, we spend franchising, the less we're going to see our wives and we might have to live with each other eventually. <laughs> right. It's it's so true. I find that so, so interesting. So as an American ninja warrior guy. And, yes, and so, he's a veteran ninja warrior. Veteran. Are you looking for ninja warrior people to own your franchises? Who, who's the good franchisee for you? So a good franchisee for us, you know, one, you know, the biggest part that we want is we're, we're not just selling franchises, we're building communities because we're such a community driven franchise. You know, that's one of like our big, you know, elements that, that we really push to our franchisees because these children, these students, they're coming here. A lot of them aren't going to be your traditional athletes that will be on normal sports teams, you know, maybe some introverts. And because it's you versus the obstacles, it's not as crazy like competition wise as you would like in a traditional sport. So all of these students and participants, adults come together over this community of overcoming these obstacles. And that's what we want to see is franchisees who are interested in building these communities who maybe have children and have seen, you know, how much screen time our kids are getting nowadays. I've got a seven and an eight year old and I'm always fighting with it. So to get them to go out there and start, being physically active without even knowing it because you know they're just playing out there they don't know that they're working out but now i've got like these little kids that can do pull-ups like i couldn't do a pull-up when i was seven years old like it's crazy you know so we want franchisees that are that want that type of mindset that really want to you know help their community grow it you know help kids become healthier but do they have to be a ninja no you know most of the time the ones that we've been talking with you know aren't ninjas. They're interested. They're usually business, you know, business individuals, like you said earlier, looking to diversify their portfolio. But what does become great for us is because there's so many people who've been on the show or who are ninjas that they're always looking for employment. So we've actually been able, because Carl is so well-versed in the community, he can reach out, say, hey, we're opening a location here. Is anybody interested in coming up and working as a coach or as as a general manager, assistant manager? And that's actually what we were able to help out with our new franchisee. Uh, he reached out to somebody in the community. The guy moved up, you know, moved out of New Jersey to New York and is going to be working as their head coach and you know, general manager. That's amazing. And I, I love that, you know, he could reach into the community and, and has probably a little bit of a name. So w- w- will you be able to do that essentially like across the United States? Would he be able to leverage his TV yeah. time? I think he'll be able to re- leverage his relationships. You know, I always jokingly call him like the mayor of the ninja community because you know he's a little bit older you know he's in his mid-40s and most of these ninjas are younger so they kind of look up to him because he's been around the sport for a while you know and he's just he's just a great guy so he's able to really leverage that relationships to to push it out there in the community and you know we can't never guarantee that we'll be able to find a franchisee uh quote-unquote ninja to come work for them but it also like attracts people who want to be ninjas i know for our, our first location, we really didn't have any employees that were ninjas. We just hired a lot of local people. And then the very next year, four of them got calls from the show and got to compete. Oh, wow. Yeah. So now they're actually, now they're real ninjas because they worked for us. They got to get on the show. So we're going to see more of that, I think. Yeah. That sounds amazing. You could yeah. probably market to that as well. well. But what separates you guys from other obstacle courses that are out there? Yeah. So there, there's, you know, it's, it's a very new industry. It's just emerging. Uh, similar like how the trampoline parks were a decade ago. So there's only really like a few players like in the space right now, there's a lot more like mom and top 
mom and pop style out there. And I touched on it earlier when I said, you know, we don't want to be in industrial parks. So right. I know that my wife's not going to want to drive our kids to a birthday party at eight o'clock in the back of some industri- sketchy industrial park. So that's why we're making ours, you know, really retail focused to ho- drive home that customer experience. Huh. That's you know, great. we have, yeah, and we have like, no, our, our facility, one of our facilities now, we're, we're next to like a Kohl's. So like a lot of the moms or dads will drop their kids off for the class, walk next door, do a little shopping, come back. It's really Brilliant. helping with that safety. And then also we made sure that our safety and padding are our highest priority. Because if I have, right. I've got kids, if I walk into someplace, I want to make sure they're safe. Yeah. To the point where like, we, we don't even use uh, foam pits, but that you'll see it a, a lot at like trampoline parks and gymnastics studios we actually use airbags they're stunt quality airbags that they use out in la and all the movie sets you can actually land a motorcycle on one of these airbags if you want really oh yeah they're they're scary to look at something you know and and you can roll out of them because if you've ever gone in a foam pit you get like stuck in there you get sucked in like it's dirty they're gross you can't clean them so we love these airbags like and they're they they take the the fall and like kind of you know the first time like i just fell we were shooting some videos and like, okay, we want you guys like up top of that truss. I'm like, that's like 15 feet in there. Like, yeah, yeah. Just jump, just fall down like this. It'll be a great video. I'm like, okay. And we did it. And like you hit the airbag and it feels like nothing. Wow. So it's like really cool. Like safety element is what we really wanted to, you know, use as our factors to differentiate us from other facilities. I, I want to try just that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Diving it's into fun. the airbags. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's cool. The space itself, what's the square footage for something like this? Yeah, so right now we've got a couple prototypes that, we've, that we're working with. We've got a 6,500, 8,000, and then we're tinkering with a 10,000 square foot unit. That's, we, we just did one of those, a corporate one. We're still working a little bit more of the details on that, but I think the two core facilities are going to be 65 and 8,000 move forward. Huh. So, that, so there's so much real estate available for you for that, yes. for that type of situation all those big box stores that are closing and, and we want the height. we like a, a minimum of like 18 feet, uh, 21 to the deck would be ideal just because, you know, we've got the wharf walls and those alone are 14, 15 feet. Then we have all the trust in there, which is about 14, 15 feet. And we really like that industrial chic look. So a lot of right. our elements are like the trust in there. We use a lot of like uh, metal chain link fences for our railings on the mezzanines that we have instead of just like a half wall. So like a lot of like really cool elements like that to make it feel industrial, but also feel retail at the same time. And authentic. Yeah. It feels authentic. It sounds authentic. Yeah. I mean, I saw pictures of it. I was on the website. It's, Thanks. you know, it, it kind of does feel like, you know, you're getting ready for TV. It's the training. <laughs> yeah. Ground. It feels like the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely is amazing. Are there any specific markets that you're looking to break into like at the outset as you're, you know, young right now? Yeah. You know, so we're based out of uh, Rochester, New York. So ideally, we'd love to do like a spoken wheel approach of, you know, using that as the epicenter and kind of just spiraling out in the northeast. You know, we are getting some inquiries like across the country and we're debating if we really want to go that far this young. So we're kind of going back and forth on that. But anything, any, any non-registered state is great <laughs> right? Uh, up in the northeast. And we actually are expanding in Canada as well. So we're yeah, that's great. Yeah, we're finalizing our FTD up there right now. And we're starting to, you know, put out some feelers. And I think that'll be a, a good market for us. So for the listener's sake, if anyone is not really familiar with franchising, 
register states, there's 11 states that uh, require an extra level of registration above the federal level, which is really good. It protects the consumer. But those states are, it's a lot longer to get your franchise disclosure document approved. So sometimes we, you know, a franchise could expand a lot quicker in a state that that doesn't have those, uh, those regulations and slowing things down as the government typically does, but. (laughs) And we're, we're in New York and that's one of the hardest ones. So at least we got that all the way. Right. right. Yeah. New York is the New York, York, California, California, Illinois. Oh, forget about it. It's really bad. Well, we're lucky that New York is like surrounded by non-registered states. (laughs) That's true. So now like like for for our growth potential, now we we got some really nice um, geographic areas to push into. So when somebody buys a franchise and they do training, are they going to do it on site up at your location in Rochester? Yeah. So we actually have um, online training and on-site training. So we're we're creating, we're finalizing our Warrior University right now. So we've been in the process of making that for the last few months. So if you have a new employee who wants to coach and be part of our certification programs for all of our children, you know, you will go through this, um, you'll go through this Warrior University. So you'll learn all the terminology, you'll learn all the obstacles, the correct ways to spot children, the correct ways to coach them, all of those elements of it. So that'll be a virtual course. And then also they'll be training in the facilities. So okay. we, have the two, we have two corporate facilities open right now, Rochester and Buffalo. So they'll be able to train at either one of those, whichever they can get to easier. That's great. That makes it a little bit more convenient for yeah. flights. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you can find out more information on the franchiseacademy.com. We'll have it all posted up there and websites and all the good stuff and how to get in touch with the folks over at uh, the Warrior Factory. But Bernard, personally, I want to get some wisdom, some, some oh, golden boy. nuggets yeah. <laughs> from you. I mean, you've been around the block, actually, a couple of times as a young guy and, and being, you know, it's very impressive to be noted as a mover and shaker of 40 under 40. So uh, congrats on that. Thank you. What's a, a, a kind of something that went south on you or, or a negative experience that turned yeah. into a great learning experience? Yeah. So one that's more recent, you know, in, de- in development, especially real estate, you know, you're doing things not speculative a lot of the times. And a year and a half ago, I, you know, maybe two years at this point, I had bought a building. I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, retrofit this. I know what I want to do take this, you know, remove some of the existing tenants, you know, repopulate it, get some new tenants in there, do some renovations. And like, as we went through the renovation process, you know, I think my design kicked in a little bit more than it should have been on this one. So we kind of overspent a little bit and it's taken a little longer than we expected to lease it up. You know, everybody's loves what we did in there, you know, detail wise, design wise. But I think I, you know, we missed the trend a little bit. Like yeah. where, where we are now, like when we started the development, it's, there's been a push more towards urbanization of office buildings, right? Yeah. I don't know. It, we're seeing that across the country. People are just moving back into city centers and not really looking at suburban office as much. And this property was like in the suburbs. So we timed that a little off. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, we're, a lot of our competitors are down in our city here. So they're going, you know, they're like, oh, well, it's this, it's down there and they're cheaper down there because there's so much vacancy downtown. And so we kind of missed the mark on that one a little bit. So that, yeah. you know, and it was kind of a good learning point because whenever you spend money, you learn a little bit faster, I think, because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to spend it again. And um, we learned pretty quick of, you know, making sure we don't over-design things that are going to price us out of market sometimes. 
And then also, you know, looking at the trends a little bit more closely, you know, we thought that where we were going to be, we wouldn't have to worry about that trend, but you know, it's doing okay now. You know, we're getting, we're getting most of it leased up. We're about, you know, 60, 70% occupied and we just got to quick clean up the rest of it now. Nice. All right. Well, cool. Yeah, there's yeah. always lessons that come quickly with when you're losing money on something. Yeah, you right. learn that really quick. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And I, I'm a testimony to that in uh, having problems with uh, a second franchise that I purchased years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, it's yeah, it's it's crazy, but it's, it's a good thing. You look back on yeah. it. You know, you know, for me, like while while things were going south for me, I was crying. But you know, now eleven years later, I'm, I feel like it was a blessing that I went through that. And, yeah, you uh, you know, every experience you learn from, right? That's right. And if you that's and right. if you're if you're not looking at the faults and having like humility and like seeing where you can improve, you're just staying stagnant. That's so true. You're right. You need to uh, learn from it. It's you, yeah. you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Yes. uh, And, you know, criticize yourself. Yeah. You got to be, you got to be open to it. You got to even be open to constructive criticism from others. What's one piece of great advice that you have gotten in your life? So balance is the biggest advice I've ever gotten. You know, making sure that your life is in balance because we get out of balance really easily, you know, and when it becomes, you know, personal, family, business, health, you know, mental, all those elements, you've got to figure out a way to keep everything in balance. You know, we were talking about that yin and the yang before, and I think that, you know, always applies. You know, I, I try to make sure that, you know, when I, I get home, when I get home at like 5.30ish or so, I put my phone down. I don't touch it until my kids and my wife are asleep. And then I sit, then I go start doing work at like 10ish or so for, for an hour or so. But I, I try to make sure that I can do that because, you know, I, I like putting my kids on the bus in the morning. I like trying to put them in bed. And that like helps me balance and be a better person in the office because, you know, I know that I'm giving them the time that they need to, right? That is so awesome. Really, really something. You know, what it, what it reminds me of, you know, my opinion, when you're thinking about balance and all the different things in your life, uh, it, if you look at it like a circle, like, mm-hmm. a, like a wheel, and each priority in life is a spoke, if one of those spokes are broken, you're going to have a kind of a flat tire. Yeah. Oh, um, I like that. Yeah. Right. It's a good analogy there. So you, yeah. So you got to kind of work on everything a little bit, everything in moderation, you know, w- but you have to stay focused. I wish I got a little bit more sleep, but I think we all do. So yeah, you know, and, and, and sleep is overrated. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You right. Know, <laughs> you know, you do need to get your sleep, but, but once you just, are in a program and, and you're training to do it, yeah. Yeah, sleep becomes, you know, I mean, I, I easily, I probably only do five hours a night. Yeah. Seems, seems similar. Yeah. So you get up, you know, and if you, if you're exercising, yep. sleep doesn't matter as much when you're exercising. Yeah. And that's part of that balance, you know, making sure you're exercising mental health too, you know, taking time to like read or think about other elements, you know, or even just like letting your brain turn off for a little bit. Yep. Very well said. So you're you're a new franchise owner uh, yeah. or fra- you know franchise company. What's a one piece of advice you would give to somebody who's thinking about bu- uh, starting a you know turning their business into a franchise? They're going to start a franchise they haven't started yet. What's one piece of advice you could give somebody? One piece of advice is it's going to cost you money. First off, you know it's not cheap, but also making sure that you're talking to the right professionals because you could do it by yourself. But how long is it going to take you to do it by yourself? 
versus paying a little bit of money and getting it done faster, getting it done correct. Because I feel like that's a lot of issues that people run into. They didn't do their FTD right. They didn't do the registration right. You know, elements like that. They didn't get their trademarks in order. So making sure that you have the right professionals. I know it's, you know, people don't want to spend money on professionals a lot of the times, but having the correct consultants, the correct attorneys, the correct accountants, surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you always makes you better. You know, I'm not the smartest person in the room, but you try to surround yourself by them. So I think that would be the biggest advice I would give to anybody looking at franchising is take the time, do some diligence, interview some professionals that are going to help you in the long term. No question about it. I think that if you don't spend the money up front, you'll end up spending it or spending more in the long run. Yeah. Especially Seriously. if you run into some legal issues. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that That's great. Yeah. Really, really appreciate that. So I want to thank you for being on. This is oh, really, really amazing. Tell us the website. What's the contact for you guys? Yeah, it's just thewarriorfactory.com. So if you go, that's our, our landing page. If you go there, you'll see all of our open locations. And then if you go to thewarriorfactory.com slash franchise, and that's where you can get some additional information on franchising. That is great stuff. Great franchise. This is up and coming. This is a great industry, you know, ground floor opportunity. So check it out. And um, again, go to thefranchiseacademy.com for more information. And I look forward to seeing you again next time. Have a great one. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.